This podcast contains discussion of mental health and may mention alcohol and drug use as well as suicide. Check the show notes for more information and links to relevant support services. Let's have a chat, an open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. They might not solve all the world's problems from this hot tub, but a good chat with a good mate is not a bad place to start. Welcome to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. Hey folks, Lee here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. I know we have our content warning at the start of every episode, but as this is an episode about grief, it's a pretty heavy one. Uh, We do get a little bit emotional throughout, so I just wanted to give everybody a heads up before they start listening to make sure that you're in the right frame of mind for what we're going to be talking about. Thank you for listening to No Pants, No Problems. Here's this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. I am Lee. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, sir. How are we this week? Yeah, pretty good this week, as good as you kind of can be in the situation that we're still in in Melbourne, unfortunately. Yeah, Uh, it is starting to take its toll on everybody, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I've kind of said to people during the week that it's starting to take its toll on people that it previously hadn't taken much toll on. So my wife actually mentioned this week that she's like, I really miss seeing people. And this is like the first time I've ever heard her say that ever. Yeah, it's the first <laughs> time I've so heard what, she's, 15 years yeah, I've known her. I've never heard exactly, her say exactly that. Right. Yeah, she's more she's more of a homebody than anybody else I know. And she's like, I really wish, like, it's starting to I realize now that we, you can't, it's not a choice to stay home, whereas it always normally is for us. She's yeah, like, no, I'd really well, like I to think- go catch up with somebody at least once. I think that's the thing as well. I think what's tough for people is that it's totally beyond their control. Yeah. Like you guys used to be able to choose who you would see and when. Yeah. Um, And if you didn't want to see people, you didn't. But now if you do want to see people, you still can't. Can't. Yeah. So uh, that is the challenge for a lot of people. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today actually where they were talking about uh, kind of as difficult as it is just accepting that this is the current situation yeah. uh, and it goes into you know the whole thing of accepting things that you can't control as frustrating as the current situation is a lot of it is out of our control uh, we can, can control our little piece of it Bubble. Yeah. yeah but that's about it so uh, at the risk of throwing out the cliches that we've said we don't want to throw out. Uh, mm. We will get through this. There is another a, and there is an other side to this and yeah. it will come uh, at this point. We don't know when. Uh, so I think it's just about making the most of what you can do when you can do it. Well, the government does have a plan in place just to revolves around people getting vaccinated. If that's not, Something you guys support, do, do some uh, actual research or listen to the professionals. Yes. Yeah. We're not going to, we won't go into the whole no, vax or anti vax thing. Yeah. Uh, not going to alienate any of our audience. <laughs> there is a lot of research out there, and you can do your own re- actual research, not Facebook research. Um, I, I don't have any problem with anyone who doesn't want to get vaccinated as long as their decision to not get vaccinated hasn't come from a meme Mm -hmm. or uh, the sign that was walking down Collins Street saying, Jesus is my vaccine. (laughs) Uh, Because some of the most religious people I know were very early in the line to get vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not just Jesus. I'm sorry. Um, Before we get into what we want to talk about this week, we've had... uh, some good feedback uh, in the last yeah. few yeah. days um, about 
our most recent episode, which was about reaching out. Somehow I've got those confused in my head. I was going to say them out of order, but it was about reaching out because that's important. At the moment, um, I had a friend message and say, you know, well done on the podcast. Thanks for particularly the most recent episode. He's got a mate who over the course of listening to our episode, he kind of put a couple of things together and realized that his mate might be reaching out in his particular way. So yeah. he's organized a bit of a one-on-one time with that mate to catch up uh, and have a chat, which is good. Um, you showed me one as well. Very similar situation, yeah. But oh, yeah. Listen, yeah, listen, almost, almost word for word. Yeah. So the mm. same, same person? No. <laughs> no, it isn't. Um, you, don't, you don't know this guy, so I'd be surprised. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm happy to get messages from randoms that you yeah, know so. that want to message me. Uh, yeah. So if you're a random out there, but I actually, if you're a random to both of us, I'd love to even, hear from you. Even better. Yeah. Because, you know, if, it, if it, we're really just doing a podcast to our 10 friends, then we could probably have them all in the hot tub and I could save <laughs> all of my editing work and all of the That's risk right. of dropping microphones in the hot tub. Um, so if you're a random that doesn't know uh, Jeff or myself, then get in touch. So the Facebook and, group. Yes, uh, you can get on the Facebook, Instagram or Twitter or join our Facebook group. We're taking everyone um, that wants to be a part of the Facebook group to try and get that connection with people and between people so come along uh we'd love for you to be there now for this week uh this episode is due for release on monday the 30th of august which is international grief awareness day yeah Uh, and the start um oh no there's national grief awareness week which is a different week but this is International Grief Awareness Day, Day. Yeah. Uh, on Monday, the so 30th of August. What, what, what more fitting a topic could we talk about than grief today? Yeah. And so that's uh, what we're on about. It does, it has come up in the last couple of episodes as well um, mm-hmm. to do with reaching out. And within that, you know, we talked about suicide and dealing with loss and things like that. And then moving on was a big. Uh, there's a big part in there about grief as well. So, um, unfortunately, grief is an inevitable loss through death, is an inevitable thing that people are going to have to deal with. You're not yeah. going to get through your life without losing someone close to you. So, yeah, grief is something we've all got to confront at some point or another most definitely it's not something that's there's no right or wrong way to handle your own grief it's a very personal thing but being able to get through it is important not being able to you are allowed to get lost in it for a little while but you do need to find your way through and out the other side yeah eventually and i think in in talking to you uh about getting this episode going I think a lot of people don't do grief well, a lot of men particularly. Yeah, and it, it's a recurring theme in all of the our episodes is that men generally don't do emotions well. And well, we're taught we're taught from a we're most of taught from a young age to, you know, don't cry if you fall over, don't you know, be a man, mm. don't yeah, you're taught to suppress so many emotions and then People are surprised when you reach adulthood and you don't know how to deal with these emotions. Yeah, it's and a, yeah. a lot of blokes don't, and particularly around grief, that idea of being the the strong pillar of the the family yeah. comes into it there, uh, and you're expected as the strong man uh, to be able to support up, everybody yeah. else pick up the pieces for everybody else and you don't yeah. get the chance to fall apart on your own 
And so, yeah, uh, with a, as with a lot of things, we have a generation or generations of mm-hmm. men that aren't doing it very well um, to the point where we've seen, I've seen in some of the Facebook groups that I'm in for men's health and stuff, a lot of blokes asking, and, and it's a really interesting question. They're not asking how to how do I deal with the loss of my friend, family member, loved one? Oh, no, They're asking yeah. how do I stay strong through this yeah. process, which is not necessary to be the yeah. person that stays strong through it. Uh, and I think you need you need to experience the grief. You need to. Like I said, yeah. you can get you can get lost in it too much, but you need to feel the loss. That's the the big thing, I think. Yeah, you need to go through that process, and we've talked in the last episodes about the five to seven stages of yeah. grief. <laughs> Do you want the five or the seven? Should I hit you no, with the seven? Me, hit, hit me with all seven. Okay, so shock and denial. Uh, first, then pain and guilt, anger and bargaining, depression, the upward turn, which is when you start to see things look a little bit better, start yeah. to think you're getting through it, reconstruction and working through, and then acceptance yeah. and hope. So that says the step seven stages of grief. There's 12 things there, though, because <laughs> there's pain well, are, and guilt. Are. Yeah, they are linked together, though. Yes. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're seven stages. A lot of people, I think, will be uh, familiar with the five, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Yeah. But adding the guilt, guilt is a very common one that I think people don't talk about a lot. Yeah. Um. It can be tidy with the anger as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think think it's a rational thing to feel uh, and it can come up in a lot of different ways. I remember when, actually, I, I probably, this is one that I don't think has hit me too much when I'm dealing with grief. I've been very, I guess, lucky in that the people that I've lost, generally speaking, are from old age. Yeah. And so when someone who is in their 80s or 90s passes away, it's often not easier, but I think the some of these steps are, aren't as big a deal, like bargaining. Yeah. Or guilt. You kind of, yeah, you, you make that, well, they had a good run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's normally, normally when an elderly relative passes away, it's not a surprise. It's not a, like it's been, um, how would you say it? Yeah. It's Expected. not like they get hit. Yeah. They don't just get hit by a bus. You know, they've been yeah. sick for a long time or you know, it's normally something that's, built up and then eventuates in and, you know, there's almost that relief for them in that they're not suffering anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's more, the grief's harder to deal with when you're taken by surprise by the loss, I think is the yes. big thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's the case for a lot of people when, when there's no time to prepare to, to process yeah yeah because as much as we all know that it's going to happen to everybody eventually but yeah. when it does happen we're not we're never going to be ready for it and yeah. that's what makes it harder to deal with because a lot yeah. other the other big moments positive or negative in your life generally you can kind of see coming yeah probably with the exception of getting sacked from your job uh <laughs> But generally speaking, the big changes and the big things that affect you are things that you have the chance to prepare for and you can see coming. But uh, grief is probably not one of those things. I can definitely, 
identify with the uh, the anger part yeah. of a few of them, uh, a few times that it's happened with me. I think when I was younger, the shock and the denial went on for longer. Yeah. Because I wasn't as emotionally intelligent. So I yeah. didn't probably, and I think I talked about it in the moving on episode that yeah. I rushed through this process. I used to rush through this definitely, process. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And would do the shock and denial. And then I would do the acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, I can't believe this has happened. Oh, well, it's happened. Let's move on. <laughs> Which doesn't help. <laughs> how you deal with quite a lot of things in our in, a, in life I've, I've learned over yeah. the years yeah yeah i'm very oh. good at it i'm becoming very good at accepting things but the process particularly with grief has to come yeah i can i've got a you know a fairly significant story about grief um in 2006 i lost my dad to they're not actually sure what it was, um, they just came up with some form of cancer was the, yeah. uh, the, the final diagnosis. But, um, my dad and I were never super close. Like my mum and dad divorced when I was quite young and he went on to have a couple of other families. <laughs> he's a, and we always joke, you know, he's an interstate truck driver. So there's, you know, at least five or six we know about. Yeah. <laughs> there could be plenty. Got it along but, um, the highway. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Got it up and down the road. But yeah, um, I went and saw my dad because his girlfriend at the time was like, oh, he's, he's not well. Like, I don't know what's happened. He's come home from work. He's got a headache. And I went and saw him. Like, I hadn't seen him for a couple of months and, you know, pop right over there on the bike to see him. And, um, yeah, I walked in the room and didn't recognize him. Like he was really in a bad way. Mm. I said, he's, he's got to go to hospital. And um, yeah, three weeks later, he was gone. Like it was, uh, uh, they, they ran a myriad of tests on him at that time. And um, yeah, we, we had to make the choice of like, you know, that one of the tests that they were going to do was going to leave him basically like a stroke victim because they had to take membrane from his brain and the only way they could do that was to damage the connection to make him yeah, basically right. like a stroke victim and we were like yep. well we need to know what's going on so that came down to me as his oldest you know oldest son to make the call on that and they did the test and they said look it's not it's not what we thought it was so basically had he had he woken up he would have woken up ter- terribly and Mm, probably mm. probably hate probably hated me for that, but anyway, he didn't get that opportunity. Um, yeah, he. Uh, well, and that's yeah, that's. I, I, I ended up having to make the call to turn off the life support, which is one of the things that you talk about. You know, your bargaining and your grief and all the rest of it. You know, like did they do everything, or was it just easier that way, or mm. you know, like what you, you you don't know what what was going on, and. Uh, yeah, that messed me up for a good couple of years trying to deal with that, like getting past the having to make the decision to turn off the machine on, on your parent is not one I would wish on my worst enemy. No, of course and, not. But he was only 50 years old when he passed away. I'm 44 now. Yeah. I remember thinking, you know, this was you know, good, nearly 15, 20 years ago. I was like, mm. you know, he's, he's had a good run, but like, no, he's just getting started, mate. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting older now, realizing how young he was. So yeah, that's a. It changed my life quite significantly. I changed a lot of things. I, that's around about the time I got divorced as well because I realized how short life was and how unhappy I was at that time. And that was a. And, and know, I guess one that of my ways of dealing with it was to make some big changes. So. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. that often is kind of a byproduct, I guess, of the process. Yeah is um, that acceptance, often there comes a kind of self-acceptance. And I think this stage that we've now found has been added of reconstruction Yeah, is a little bit of that as well. You know, that um, analysis and self-reflection is a natural part of dealing with loss and being confronted with death 
And I think I think I think the the guilt thing that we spoke about and the the dealing with it is some people when you start to get through it, like when you're actually dealing with the loss and you're starting to, you know, you might laugh at a joke or something like that. Yep. And then you feel the guilt is like, how could I be happy when you know I've just lost whoever? You know, like it's yeah. Yeah. You feel like you you've you've cheapened their whole life by being happy too quickly. And yep. there's a guilt associated with that. And the reconstruction, as you're trying to talk about, is a process that took me probably five years total. Like yeah. it really yeah, it was a not it wasn't a a quick turnaround at all. That's what I when I say you can you can get lost in it. Like I think the first two weeks I was passed out drunk on a bathroom floor at a house I was house sitting like, you know, yeah. waking up drinking myself into a stupor again and passing out again like I didn't I didn't deal with it well at all like I was it really do you think uh, do you think it took longer than it should have I think so yeah I think if I had someone I could talk to about it or someone I was willing to talk to about it. It wasn't that I didn't have people reaching out. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, that included my ex-wife who was, you know, dumbfounded at what was going on. But, yeah, it was it was just I wasn't ready to deal with it. I wasn't ready to make that yeah. that reach. I needed to I needed to feel it all and needed to hate, hate myself to a certain degree, you know, and get through it the way I had to get through it. But... I think if I had had someone outside of my inner circle that I could have reached out to or been aware that I could have reached out to, that might have made it easier. Just to be able to unload on somebody who's not going to judge you at all is a yeah. big thing. And I think you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's an important thing to acknowledge that, it, like, there's two things, I guess. It is a process that you had to get through. It could have taken you less than five years but at that point like it did take it took you that long and you know in other episodes and down the track we'll talk about you know not regretting things that have happened but it did take you that long and it was a process that you needed to but also people will reach out to you Uh, and like we said in our reaching out episode last week it's as much up to them to reach out as it is for you to accept that yeah exactly but it's but then as well everybody has their own way of dealing with it and i think one of the things that often happens is that people don't acknowledge different ways of dealing with grief yeah so like i can think when grandpa passed away that's probably one of the most recent that has had the biggest effect on me yeah. Um, when grandpa passed away, it wasn't unexpected. He'd been well, yeah. he'd been unwell, went into hospital, and then it, it came to the point where we knew he wasn't going to come out of hospital. Yeah. So it wasn't unexpected. Um, and we're a very close family, my immediate family, but also, you know, the aunties and uncles and cousins. Definitely. But, and we're all reasonably similar, but. Mm. Dean and I were working together at the time uh, and dad called us and our bosses knew that grandpa was in palliative care by this stage. And Mm -hmm. dad called us and the bosses said, whenever it happens, just turn the coffee machine off and go. No worries. Um, So dad called and said, we're going to grandma's just to be together and have lunch together. And Dean said, you go, I'll stay and finish up here. And at the time, my initial thought was, no, we're all going to grandma's so that we can all help each other and be there for each other. But then... I didn't didn't need that. Yeah. And then, but then as I was driving to grandma's, I I was like, no, that's Dean's way of doing what he needs to do and dealing with that initial reaction how yeah. he needs to, as we got further through, you know, the planning of the memorial service and the participation mm-hmm. of the memorial service, we then each did kind of different things. Um, one of the, it happened really close to Brett's 
birthday. And one yeah. of the potential dates for the service was Brett's birthday. Yeah. Um, but then, and Brett was like, if that's the date, that's the date. Like, that's okay. Mm. Because if it, you know, we want to do it, we don't want to wait another two weeks until the church yeah. is available again. Um, but I think from memory, one of, one of the family was very insistent that it wasn't kind of on Brett's behalf. Um, and I think you kind of see little glimpses into people's personalities. One of the, you know, someone went into kind of a little bit over control mode. Um, and so, yeah, but as, as similar and as close as we are, we all did have our different ways of getting through it, but we knew that we were all there for each other. Um, and we all accepted the way that we were going to get through it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a it's a very strange thing when when my uh, yeah when it was my dad's service and all the rest of it, I was cracking jokes and you know I, I couldn't take the whole day seriously because that was like a defense for me to yeah a part of that denial I guess was you know like I was far too happy in that situation and people sort of. No one called me on it because they kind of knew what it was. I did, you know what I mean? Like that was mm. like he's yeah. that's he's he's not dealing with it well. They knew that, but they just knew that there was something off. And yeah, I was. It was it was a bad a bad bad day all around. I guess it's just yeah, and it, it it's incredibly rare that it's going to be a good day. Of and... course, but. I, th- I think since since then, I, I, you realise that losing people, it's better to remember the good times. I guess is the best thing I could say. Like, if you can concentrate on that, I know it's a cliche. You know, like don't don't think of the bad times, think of the good times. It's but it is a way of getting through it. You know, if you can remember, you know, I remember saying, you know, like oh, he he would be laughing at us for this. You know, like he'd be cracking jokes yeah. about that because that's the type of personality he was. And that's, that's, that's all you can hope for is you've left an impression on your family to they would be able to enjoy the catch-up rather than just mourn your loss, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the last, oh, no, not the last two, but the, the last two memorial services that really stand out uh, for me was one was grandpa's and then was one yeah. last year, um, which... There, and because of the situation of last year, there was a last year there was a small family funeral, and then a larger memorial service when restrictions were eased a little bit. Um, yeah. And both of those did what you said; they honoured the person that we lost mm. rather than just sat around being sad. Yeah. Both of those days, I remember someone saying to, um to dad and I after grandpa's service. Oh, it was actually, I just clicked that. It was the the family friend that we lost last year came up yeah. to dad and I after grandpa's service a few years ago yeah. um, and said that they've never laughed that much at a memorial service. At, at a memorial, yeah. Yeah. Grandpa was very insistent that it wasn't going to be a funeral. Yeah. And it was like a more like a farewell service. Uh, yeah. And... It was. It was fun. There was lots of tears, as you'd expect. Of course. Um, but, but there but was fun with fun, as well. fun memories and all the rest of it, yeah. Yeah, and Grandpa was a funny man. Yeah. So it would have felt, I think it would have felt really strange if we'd just been sitting around in the church being sad for an hour, yeah. talking about Grandpa, because well, he was yeah, funny. We, we, we recently lost my wife's um, stepfather and... His his family were are very like unemotive, like his yeah. And the the funeral was almost like his mum got up and like read his resume almost, you know, like yeah. This is where he was born. This is where he went to primary school. This is what he did for a job. This is where you know this happened. This happened. This happened. Thank you. And then sat down. We're all like, okay, like that's, yep. that was yep. really really weird for my family, who was like. You know, we were all cracking jokes and all the rest of it. But yeah, it was 
just different ways of dealing with it, I suppose. Like I, I caught up with that side of the family. They did the, the, the funeral and then they did the burying of the ashes as a separate service yep. about three months later. And that's where she was very emotional. But it was, I think it was still too fresh at that time. To, she just needed to get through what she had to get through. Like, but I also was, feel like there's this strange, expectation. Strange different people. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's this expectation of what a funeral should be. And dad, my dad, for listeners that don't know, is a civil celebrant. So he's yeah. done quite a few funerals. And he he's found that people expect a certain thing from a funeral or feel like they should be doing a funeral a certain way. Uh, and this isn't having a go at funeral homes, but if you do you know, go to Tobin Brothers or White Lady or whatever, they'll have their step-by-step, this is what a funeral is. Mate, but, I, want my, I want my ashes fired out of a cannon over the opening day of a Footscray baseball club game. Yeah, baseball all right. Game. <laughs> you can make that happen. With, with, with some type of rock and roll music playing in the background. I don't want people crying about my death. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people celebrating. <laughs> uh, no, I'll cry. <laughs> Whoever goes first, I don't know who will go first. Yeah. Like we both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both race into yeah. the end. Um, uh, but yeah, I, there's no, just like there's no way, one way of dealing with the grief, there's no one way of sending someone off. Yeah. And so, you know, we had grandpa's service and there was, you know, some singing of lovely hymns because. He was an avid churchgoer, um, but then we each, you know, told a little funny story about grandpa, that those of us in the close family, but then the whole thing ended with the song Puppet on a String, which was the 1961, the song that won the 1961 Eurovision Song Contest. Like, <laughs> that's not a funeral song, but that was just one memory that we all had of grandpa, and so that was a part of it yeah i just i think getting getting we're a little bit off topic on what we wanted to talk about but i yeah. think the service the service and, and saying goodbye are a big part of being able to deal with the, the pain and the emotion go along with the loss like yeah if if my my dad's was a truck driver and he had you know trucking is in my blood was the song that played yeah, we put a VB six pack on his on his casket. He, he was buried in jeans and a bluey singlet. You know, like yeah, it wasn't a, a, all these people who rock up to heaven in a bloody suit. He's he's, he's rocking around somewhere probably a lot warmer. <laughs> yep, but he's well dressed. He's dressed That's how it. he wants he's dressed, to be. He's dressed, he's dressed the part. He dressed as himself. So that yep. was that was a big 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 thing for us. You know, like you're not gonna bloke never wore a suit unless he was going to court. Why would you bury him? One. That's it. So yeah, we have got off topic, and that uh, we've there's some growth for you, Jeff. It's taken yeah. eleven episodes, and you've pulled me I'm into line for going I'm off topic. You back. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting all, we're getting all right at this, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we there's the stages. People rush them, or as as I've seen people talking about, people just don't do them. Yeah, and I think a it's lot easy of that to get stuck in anger. It's yeah, very easy to get stuck in anger. But but all seven of those stages are uncomfortable emotions. Hundred percent. Like shock, um, anger, as we've talked about in our anger episode, is an uncomfortable emotion. Depression, even acceptance for a lot of people, is an uncomfortable thing to do. Yeah, to accept something. Um, as kind of out of our control, or that it's happened and we need to move on. Yeah, I, th- I think that like not being close to my dad was uh, made acceptance a bit harder. Yeah, I guess because it wasn't like I spoke to him every week. I didn't speak to him every month, even sometimes. You know, like, and it would get to that you know two three months break, and I'd be like. I haven't spoken to him for a while. Mm. That's where it's like, because you can't. Like, oh. Yeah. You know, like that, that was the, those are the acceptance moments where you're like, oh yeah, 
Yeah. And then you'd be sad for a little bit, but you just got a kid, but yeah, life goes on. You've got to. Yeah. And it's not, and I think for a lot of people, the acceptance comes with some guilt. Absolutely. So I think a lot of people feel guilty moving on because they feel like they're going to forget the person or if they're moving on, then they're not valuing the person anymore. But I can, yeah, I can only imagine the pain of losing a partner, especially yeah. at, a young, like at a younger age, and having to move on from that would be a lot more. There'd be a lot of guilt associated with that. Like if that person was still alive, they'd be the person on your arm, not someone new that you have to see because we all need somebody. Yeah. And but I think that it's never going to be, an you're never going to song. forget about that person. There's, and you're right, yeah. there's never going to be an acceptable period of uh, not moving on. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not a forgetting and it's not a moving on and, you know, cutting that person off from your memory. Um, no. You know, we still talk a lot about grandpa and um even the other day uh lily one of my nieces made a, a terrible hilarious grandpa joke which most people call dad jokes but we call them grandpa jokes yeah. and so then you know mum texted everyone and said oh lily just said this and so yeah. that straight away is oh grandpa would be so proud or you know yeah yeah, yeah. and that to do the cliche thing, that is, you know, grandpa living on yeah. through the rest of the family. Uh, and so Lily, who wouldn't really have any memories of grandpa, um, yeah. you know, dad then talked to Lily about, you know, these are the jokes that, you know, your my yeah. dad, your great grandpa used to say. And, and so there's the moving on, but you're not moving on from the person. No. Moving on from losing the person. From the situation that came from losing that person. Definitely. Yeah. So um, it doesn't make it any less difficult. Of course not. But it can make the acceptance a little bit more bearable. Yeah. Um, I found an article on healthline.com which narrows it down to the five stages which I think yeah. is a little bit more manageable, palatable, manageable. <laughs> uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Yeah. So um, it also says, so this is from healthline.com and I'll put the link in the episode description. It says not everyone will experience all five stages and you may not go through them in this order. Grief is different for every person. So you may begin coping with loss in the bargaining stage and find yourself in anger or denial next. You may remain for months in one of the five stages, but skip others entirely. So, yeah, they, they, I, I think that listing of the five is, is the most common order. Yeah. But as you've said, people do it in their own way. People process in their own way. But I think what happens a lot of times, particularly for blokes, as we've talked about, is that they don't allow the process to happen however it's going to happen. That opportunity, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I know I said I've skipped the stages. I haven't necessarily done that deliberately. And I feel like a lot of the people that I've seen online reaching out about it are doing it deliberately they're like oh i lost my mate yesterday how do i how can i move on from this like well it was yesterday so you don't yet you don't yet yeah yeah and we talk about not having an acceptable time frame but you do have to feel it if you don't let yourself feel it it might be a year down the track but you're just going to break like that that emotion does need to get out of you and it does guys don't understand is you can't just bottle everything up it comes out in different ways it can be anger it could be 
self-harm. It can be lots of different things that guys who don't know how to deal with their emotions end up dealing with it in less than healthy ways. And then also, you know, what happens as an extension from that is that, you know, you lost your mate three years ago, didn't deal with it. And Mm. so like right now, you've just like bashed up some random in the pub and you don't like, you think, where did that come from? And it actually comes from not dealing with other emotions over the last however long. So yeah, then, then comes the thing of if you don't deal with the emotions as they are, then when things happen, you don't really have a way of working out causes or working out ways of dealing yeah, with them definitely. as they come up. Yeah. This this uh, head and head and heart. There's no owner's manual on how to, how they operate, and there's no there's, there's a whole science about trying to work it all out, but there's no answers. There's just no. Well, you know, uh, people going from experience and like ourselves, we, we try and draw on our experience. We're not telling you what to do. We're just telling you that. Yeah. The, the research has been done out there that if you don't deal with your emotions, they are going to come out in some way. And that's not always a healthy way to an officer. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. No, and that, that's right. It is. It, 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 can, it can be not self-destruction. It can be destruction of other people. Which is, it, it can go yeah. in all sorts of I've, ways. And I've been that guy too. There's the... Um, like you said, there's no owner's manual because every, you know, if we use the car model, every mm-hmm. human that comes off the line is different. There's not a production line making all of these people the same. And so what we, we, we don't know how to work what we've got really. So it's a lot of trial and error and it's a lot of, acknowledging that things need to be worked on as step one uh, and then finding the people to help. And even, you know, like we've said, we're not professionals, so we're not telling you what to do, but even when you do see a professional, they're not going to give you a checklist. Exactly. Like they're not going to go, oh, do these five things and then you'll be fixed. That's 120 bucks. See you next week. Yeah. Oh, have have you have you done the step three yet? No, that's that's what's wrong. You haven't done step three. Yeah, okay. step three. In, step, yeah, I'll see you next three, Monday. Come back. Yeah, two aspirin. Call me in the morning. Yeah, take two yeah. step threes and call me in the morning. <laughs> um, it's not that, and like that's the same dealing with everything, dealing with loss. Uh, there's no right way to do the process. Oh, this, I, 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 I mentioned earlier that my dad died in 2006. We're talking about it now and I'm yep. down. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. still, it's, it's hard to, it's a hard thing to discuss. Yeah. Like yeah. It is like, we've both gotten quite emotional in this episode. Yeah. Um, and this is why we don't film it. So you can't see a grown man cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Yeah. There have been moments. So mm. this is, I, I might put an extra little warning up the front. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a heavier episode because yeah. it is a heavy topic. And I think that's why a lot of people don't talk about it because anything heavy is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and and even need, like... Yeah, we, need, we need the discomfort sometimes. Yeah. And even like um, we've talked about how comfortable you and I are in talking to things, talking about things with each other. But this is like I'm feeling a bit even like this is heavy for us to talk about. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we and do. So- we, we've, we have had this discussion, I'm pretty sure, over the years, but never trying to yeah. give solutions i guess <laughs> just like being there for each other rather than hey this is this is what we've been through how do you how did we get through it like still getting through it that's it yeah. and i, I think yeah. you know we're not going to try and give solutions i know sometimes we try and give the advice um uh, and things for I people think, to I do we, we have given advice in this episode our advice is don't rush through 
the stages of grief, experience yep. all those stages. It's it's important to recognize what the stages are. And there is no, okay, it's 3 a.m. on a Tuesday, so that's that one done. We're on to the next one. They they go back and forth. And yeah. You can go all the way to the end of the five steps and be back at the start, back to anger or back to denial at the start of it all. And then you know, but it's a it's every time you go back to the start, it's going to be quicker to get through it again. And there'll be times, you know, like you said, just bringing up these things tonight, five years for me and 15 years for you, mm. since, since, you know, did a couple of the really most impactful yeah. losses that we've experienced, there's still raw emotions. There's still um, things that bring you back to those. <clears throat> Sorry, that yeah. wasn't tears. That's, <laughs> that's my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> there's still going to be you have to deal with your dinner as well sometimes. yeah yeah <laughs> this dinner's gone through five stages I'm telling you <laughs> there are um, there are instances where it's going to come up again there are going to be mm. very difficult things to deal with and like you said you're still 15 years in dealing with it I, I about three years before Grandpa passed away. I record. I did a whole lot of interviews with Grandma and Grandpa, of like things I can learn from them. Because, yeah, because they've had. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Yeah, no. They've had um, incredibly interesting lives, and this is what after we stopped the recording last week, Jeff and I talked about this a bit. Is that we're always hearing the stories of the famous people yeah. of, you know, the, the Branson and the Bezos climbing over our fence to steal our ideas. <laughs> Th- those famous people are the ones we're hearing the stories of all the football players or the, you know, pro sports people and the big musicians. But yeah. like um, grandpa helped rebuild Darwin after Cyclone Tracy. Grandma was a, surgical theater nurse at the Royal Children's Hospital for 30 years. Like those they've are lived, very interesting stories. They've, they've lived lives, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And very inspirational people. So I sat down with them and I the, the grand idea was to write, you know, their biography, essentially their memoirs. Um yeah. and every time I open the voice memo app on my phone, the recordings are still there. And yeah. It's a, going to be a long process before I can listen to those recordings yeah. to edit them to do, to do something with them yeah. um, because it's still very difficult to hear grandpa's voice. And yeah. so the process is not finite. It's not a, like a finished thing. Yeah. And so it's, it's not... Part, yeah, part of our chat last week was me saying that part of the joy for me of having this podcast is my, my wife's father died when she was before young, too young to remember it, put it that way. Yep. And you know, my kids are both old enough to know who I am as a person and what, I, what my beliefs are and everything like that. But for them to have something like this that's going out there into the ether to be able to listen to my voice, to be able to talk about, you know, to show their kids or yeah. grandkids or whatever that, you know, this was the guy that, you know, we, we, where we came from and stuff like that is a pretty surreal feeling, I guess. I don't have any, like, I can remember my dad's laugh, but that's about it, you know, like, I don't remember the, I, remember, I could yeah, get off track again <laughs> stories, but anyway. No, it's okay. Yeah, to, to, to have, like, like you said, like I said, when you were telling me about your grandpa that thing, I was like, that's just, it's amazing to have it. You don't have to do anything until you're ready. Yeah. But just to have it is phenomenal. It's actually like that was what, eight, nine years ago. Yeah. Every time I change phones, it's the most terrifying thing. That you might like, lose it. I could lose yeah. every contact in my phone and I don't care. Don't care. Yeah. You can't One, get that. You because can get back. Yeah. 90% of those contacts. They won't fucking care if I don't text them again. Anyway, um, as long as I have your and Shane's number, the contacts can go through. But um, 
breaks so heart. Yeah, I've um, that was particularly the most recent transfer. That was the thing I was afraid of losing the most. And even when like grandpa, grandma recently changed over her iPad, she had the same thing. She goes, I said, I helped her. Yeah. I said, do you need to keep these emails from the power company? She goes, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. See that folder named Lyle? That needs to stay. Yeah. And that was photos and emails about grandpa. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it is that, it is those memories and it is that thing. And I guess that's a, an acceptance thing and a moving yeah. on thing um, that I'll get to at some point. But but it's yeah. showing as well that it's not like there is no it's not timeline. an easy process. Yeah, there is not an easy process. And you know, other people be could be that... like, oh, it's been 10 years. Surely you can. Well, it's been five years since we lost grandpa. Yeah. It's been five years. You know, surely you can listen to it now. I'm like, well, no, because yeah. before that five years, there was 30 years of conversations with grandpa that this yeah. recording reminds me of. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, there's no time limit on it and there's no time limit on when a reminder isn't going to hurt. Exactly, yeah. Or an anniversary or a birthday or whatever. Yeah. So. I drink, I drink VB one day a year. Yep. That's, yeah, and that's for my dad's birthday because you always have a VB in the fridge. And that's the yep. only time I'll drink. That's the only time I'll drink that piss on my <laughs> <laughs> So uh, all our VP drinkers out there, Jesus, guys, get some taste buds. You know, I think uh, probably knowing the VB drinkers I know, they're been drinking it for long enough that they don't have much of the taste buds left, probably <laughs> because of the VB. Sure. So, yeah, I guess we're not saying this is how you deal with it, but the main advice is that you have to deal with it. You do have to. Don't try to avoid dealing with it. Don't try to rush dealing with it and accept that it is something that you need to deal with. Is that it? Pretty sure that's it, mate. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Lee. Uh, and thank you for listening. Join our Facebook group uh, and follow us on the socials if you'd like to join our conversation uh, or message Jeff and I. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at NoPantsPod. If you or someone you know needs support around their mental health, there are many support services available. Check the show notes for links. This episode is produced by Odd Socks Entertainment, music composed by Shane Cole-Hayhow and introduced by Matt Pankhurst. Bye for now.